Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, welcome to this bonus edition of the Dean Hawk Leadership Podcast. I want to encourage you to check out uh, all of our free resources at deanhawk.com. I encourage you to share these uh, leadership podcasts if they're helping you, share them with other pastors and church leaders. We are in our series, our summer, summer fall series of 40 years of wisdom. Back in June, I celebrated 40 years of ministry, and what I'm doing is just hitting a few hot buttons and giving you some downloads of the things I've learned, lived by, and become a wiser, smarter person. And if I can help you avoid some of the pitfalls, the traps, the challenges that I face, and help you advance quicker, faster, I love pastoring pastors and helping leaders grow and helping other leaders advance. Um, want to begin today, and we want to talk about in this podcast that we are talking about self-care and what does that look like. And so I, let me just dive in, and I would start out by saying this. We must take care of ourselves, spirit, soul, and body for the long haul. All too often, we're guilty of thinking for the moment. What is good for now? What, is, what do I need to do now? What is good this week, this month, this year? I would challenge you to change your thinking from days, weeks, and months to years and decades. I want you to begin to think bigger and broader. I want to challenge you to begin to learn the gauges on all aspects of your life. The spiritual gauge, the mental gauge, the emotional gauge, the physical gauge. And I can tell you, as I've become older and mature in life, I've become more self-aware of learning to read those gauges and understanding where I'm at. And a big one that I didn't even realize I had in the first decade or two of ministry was my emotional tank. I went on high energy, lived on high energy, lived on little sleep, ran at, at full steam. Well, here's what I've learned. I still run hard and fast. I still, I still am guilty of walking faster than my wife at the mall or, or if we're out on a hike and, and I've got to learn to slow down. I still run at high energy, but what I've learned is this soul emotional tank needs recharging more often and it runs on empty. In my early years of ministry, I didn't know that my soul tank, my emotional tank, even had a gauge. I didn't, I didn't know that you could run out of juice there and just become emotionally drained and bottom out. We've all probably seen or heard or have a ministry friend or acquaintance that has hit burnout. And that is typically when their emotional tank runs to an end, their spiritual tank is done, they are cooked, fried, they're a crispy critter. And so I've had to learn to recognize how to keep myself replenished. I've had to learn to find the rest stops in life so that, and actually, I'm having to hit the rest stops more frequently, more often. So I'm refueling maybe a little more often. I'm not maybe running as long and as far per refueling station. And I've learned this, we must rest before burnout. It's the, God's whole desire with the Sabbath day is rest before you're tired. 
And the reason a lot of us work on the Sabbath days, we're like, I'm feeling good. Hey, it's an extra day. I can get more done, get more accomplished. The whole principle of the Sabbath, of, of allowing the land to rest every seven years, allowing us as humans to rest every seven days, as it says, God himself rests. He set the bar. He set the example. And if God rests on the seventh day, who, do, who are we not to rest? And so I would tell you this, you need to rest before you're forced to rest on someone else's timetable, your doctor, your surgeon, your therapist. So let's make sure that we're resting well. Number two, we must have a daily diet and intake from the bread of life. None of us would go in a, in a, in a natural world. None of us would go for extended periods of time without food. But I'm going to tell you one of the myths that I'm guilty of buying into years ago was that my sermon study preparation time was a replacement for my personal get-to-know-the-master, get-to-know-Jesus devotional time. And my time in the Word to share with others can never replace coming to sit at the feet of Jesus as Mary does and not being the Martha that's busy in the kitchen and doing the work of the ministry. And so I've got to make sure that I'm reading the Bible for my feeding, for my spiritual benefit and my spiritual growth. Number three, protect and care for your body so that you can finish the race. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, my spirit is willing but my flesh is weak. I'm going to tell you what, I'm more charged about doing ministry 40 years in than I was when I began. But here's what I have found out. There are some areas that I didn't take care of my body, and I'm paying the price for it. I did 23 years of student ministry, and our, back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s of youth ministry, the louder it was, the better it was. And, and crank it up, turn it up, ear splitting, going to concerts, taking students to concerts and doing all of that. And now you're looking at a guy that just turned 60 and could not hear his wife talking to him. I saw her lips moving. I heard sounds coming from her voice. But her level and that pitch did not communicate with my ears. And I'm bummed to say that I now have to stick a piece of plastic in my ear to help me hear. Now, I'm glad I have that. I wish I had protected my ears and been more careful when I was around any loud equipment so that I had my natural hearing longer into my natural years. Too many people wait until there is a major physical problem until they take action. Until the doctor says, if you don't change, boy, you're going to die. If you don't change, you're going to be on insulin the rest of your life. If you don't make an adjustment, you're going to have a heart attack. And what I would challenge you to do, whatever age and stage, it's never too late to begin, I challenge you to exercise three to five days a week. Now you're saying, oh, I've heard this forever. But when are you going to do it? You see, it's one thing to say, I decide. I, I shared this story uh, a number of weeks ago in my sermon. Two frogs are sitting on the edge of the pond. One decided to jump in. How many frogs are left sitting on the edge of the pond? Well, we kind of go, well, one. No, there were two. There were actually two. One decided to jump in. 
but hadn't done it yet. Deciding to do something doesn't help us. Deciding to go on a diet and lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 50 pounds, deciding doesn't help us. Deciding I'm going to get to go to the gym doesn't help us. It's the action to our faith that causes us to have victory. It's the action to that. And so I would tell you to be proactive in several areas. You need to have your cholesterol checked on a regular basis. Most insurances, if you have a health insurance through your church, most insurances offer a free physical. There's no deductible once a year. I'm going to tell you who has helped me is my wife has helped me accomplish this. She makes the appointment says you're going for your physical. Why do we go for a physical? To make sure that we're healthy and to catch anything early. I knew a man that was in his 70s that he died from colon cancer. Now, the problem is, is he had been challenged for the previous 20 years, go get a colonoscopy. And no, I don't need that. No, I don't need that. It's one of the slowest growing forms of cancer that grows over years. I'm going to tell you, suck it up. It's not a, the colonoscopy is no big deal. It's, it's cleansing your system for the colonoscopy that is the big deal. But I'm going to tell you, man up, go get your colonoscopy. If you're anywhere from 40 to 45, go get it checked. You don't need to leave your family, your spouse with a spouse less and your kids, father or motherless. You need to make sure because they can easily, most conditions can be easily treated and resolved when we deal with them early. When you have a symptom, get it checked out. All too often, here's what I have seen people do for 40 years. I'm just going to trust God. How does not knowing what is the issue really putting faith in God? I have found that when I know exactly what I'm praying for, exactly what I'm standing against, I have more faith for it than this mystery pain that I don't know what is the cause and and what is there. I need to go and identify that. So I'm going to tell you, men, go and get your physical and get your prostate checked out. Go and have your physical and have them do heart scans, have them have them do the EKGs, check out your heart, check out your carotid artery, do all of those tests. Spend the minor money now to save yourself for the long haul. And here's a simple thing. I, I challenged our young adults when I spoke with them this past year. I said, what would I change? I would buy more expensive tennis shoes. I'd buy cheap shoes. I'd buy any kind of shoes. Until my physical therapist, after my fourth knee surgery, said this. She asked me, why are you wearing those shoes? I said, I don't I just bought them. She said, your shoes are your shock absorbers to your body. You want good shocks on your car? Make sure you put good shock absorbers on your feet. And that, I had an aha moment. And so I started buying the high-end running shoes. And I'm telling you, it makes a world of difference. Don't reject going to the doctor. Don't reject the checkups. Be proactive in your health. Number four, find your rhythm of rest and make sure it happens. I know some people that they literally function on three to six hours of sleep. It's their rhythm. It's the way they function. It's the way they work. But don't feel guilty if you need eight or nine hours. Just navigate your schedule to make sure that that happens. What is your rhythm of rest? And I'm going to say it. I know I'm talking to pastors and church leaders. 
We need to have a Sabbath day. And no, Sunday is a work day, not a Sabbath day. That is an all-on work day, emotional day, mental day, spiritual day, physical day. It is a highly demanding day. That is not a Sabbath, which we know is a day of rest. And so I would tell you, remember, we are in a marathon, not a sprint. Christ could come back tomorrow, but Christ might not come back for 20 years, 30 years, or 40. And so take your days off. Do something that recharges you, replenishes you, and and take extended periods of rest. Make sure that that whatever that looks like for you. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an insight secret. I, I did a podcast on Sabbath, so I'm not gonna go back there much, other than I'm gonna tell you this. In 40 years of ministry, I've never taken a Sabbath. I have my own opinions about it, but here's what I believe works. I'm going to continue to take seasons of rest. I'm going to rest regularly. So my, my, my lifestyle right now is I just came back from a four-week summer getaway that I do every summer. Three to four weeks, Kim and I get away. Coming up in the fall, we are usually gone 10 to 14 days in the fall. And late February, early March, we are gone another 10 to 14 days. I have found that if I can hit those three benchmarks in my year, it keeps me recharged, keeps the creativity flowing, and keeps my um, uh, my batteries charged and going at full capacity. And I want to challenge you to make sure that you take two days off back to back. One is your Sabbath and one is your Saturday. Uh, Kim and I, for years in ministry, for out of tradition of pastors, we had taken Mondays off. And about 10 years ago, we shifted to taking Fridays and Saturdays. And it was a major shift for us. It was kind of hard some Mondays to get up and go back into the office. But I'm telling you what, I love having two days off back to back to basically have our own weekend. And I'd encourage you to do that. Number five, identify your most productive work periods of time and guard, protect, and defend them. Identify your most productive work periods. Is that first thing in the morning from, from 6 to 10 a.m.? For me, I, I, I have a sweet spot of both early and early morning and late night. I can really get into a groove and a, and a pace from about uh, 9 o'clock at night till midnight, 1 a.m. It's quiet. No emails are coming in. The phone's not ringing. No one's texting. And that is a sweet spot for my creative writing. Uh, you figure out what works for you. And then I also find that uh, mornings are very productive for me as well. So I don't schedule appointments. I guard and I protect that time. Where I wrestle with my most unproductive and getting tasks and details done are the afternoons. I'm kind of sluggish. I'm kind of not on my A game. And so that's when I schedule my meetings, counseling appointments, one-on-ones with my staff, where I'm not having to create, I'm not having to produce at my highest level. Uh, Number six, develop daily personal disciplines of excellence. Develop daily personal disciplines of excellence. If I'm going to, if I have somebody locally that I'm looking at considering hiring them, you want to know what one of my tests is? I want to walk out to the parking lot and I want to look in their car. 
Because the way a person keeps their car, a way a person keeps their closet, a way a person keeps their garage is an indication to their level of excellence. Is, is the floor of their car a trash dumpster? And the cups and the wrappers and the napkins and, the, and whatever is just chunked on the floor. Well, I'm going to tell you what, they're struggling in their spiritual disciplines as well. If, if, if somebody says, I say, well, what's your routine? Do you exercise? Well, I, I walk two days a week and I, and I go to the gym two days a week. You know what? There is a disciplined person. Show me your car, show me your house, and I'll show you someone that has developed the natural disciplines that impact their spiritual ones, reading their Bible, um, having their personal devotional time, investing in the well-being of their own care. Number nine is a big one for me, and that is find a, a Christian counselor or therapist and visit them on a regular basis. You say, but I'm not having any issues. I'm not having any needs. Well, the same way as I talked about going for a physical checkup, sometimes we need to go for a soul checkup. But for about the last uh, 12, 14 years, Kim and I, we have seen, uh, we're, I'm going to do another session on marriage that's coming up. Kim and I have, have gone to a counselor together, but I've had my counselor that I go to unpack my stuff that uh, what we've offered it as a benefit of being an employee of the church. For any employee at the church, the board has approved that if any employee or their family member needs counseling, we as a church will cover that expense because we know that as we invest in them mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, it's going to create a healthier employee that's going to create and, and benefit us as an organization. And so for me as a leader, as a pastor, that counselor, that therapist has been a safe place for me to deal with my pain, my wounds, my hurts, my challenges, my fears, and whatever else is going on in my life. Often I'll come home and Kim will say, well, how did that go? What did, what did Kent say? And I'll say, well, he didn't say a whole lot. I said, I just threw up for an hour. She goes, what do you mean? The first time now she knows what I mean. I said, I just puked for an hour. I just let things out. Because here's what I'm going to tell you. Where can a pastor go and let out his raw, carnal feelings, anger, and emotion without being judged, ridiculed, or put down? Many years ago, one of my daughters was dating a guy that I didn't like. I didn't like his influence. I didn't like his character. There wasn't anything I liked about him. And one night he left our house and was driving home and about a mile from our house, he wrapped his car driver's side around a tree. I'm going to be blunt. Some of you are going to judge me. I couldn't say it to anyone else at the time. It was an emotion and it was anger I felt. But I had to go to my therapist because that young man walked away with a scratch. And there was a part of me, my carnal side, it wasn't my spirit side, but I had to go to that counselor and I said, why did he have to live? It, would have, it just seemed like it would have been a whole lot easier if he had died. Now, I can judge myself. You don't need to judge me. I'm like, how could you think that way? It was a real raw emotion that I was feeling at the moment in my frustration of seeing my daughter being kind of pulled away by, by this individual. And so I wanted to, I wanted to be specific and I needed an place to unpack that. 
Now, I can share that story over a decade old and, and, and share where that's at and, and can understand that. That wraps up where we're at today. Find a counselor. Take care of, your, care of yourself, spirit, soul, and body. Do what will recharge you, refresh you. Make sure if that's, if that's going golfing, if that's, um, if that's uh, 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 taking a hike, if it's going to the gym, if for, for me, I love to go skiing in the wintertime. Uh, Kim and I value vacations and, and we're, we make sure that, that we're always, every paycheck, we're investing into our vacation fund because we need that time away and it recharges and replenishes us. And so we make it part of our budget. And so I would tell you, find what replenishes you and take the time and money to do it. Invest in yourself for the long haul of ministry. God bless you guys. We'll be back August 15th with our normal uh, leadership podcast, continuing this series, 40 Years of Wisdom. Check out our series that we just released earlier this summer that uh, is called Unstoppable Church. I encourage you to check that out. God bless you guys. We'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.